Hello, welcome to Card Flight Stories. My name is Megan, and I'm joined today by Melaine, Mark, and our very special guest, Neha. Neha is the Senior Director of Finance on the Card Flight Finance team, and she is celebrating her five-year work anniversary. Welcome, Neha. I think I want to get started by talking a little bit about your history at Card Flight in terms of location, since now we're totally remote, optional company. But when you started at Card Flight, you started in the New York City office and then were commuting for a while. Do you mind walking us through a little bit of your background and how you have worked in the New York City office and going forward? Yeah, so I lived in New York for a total of 10 years, and that includes my years at NYU. And so I'd moved after graduating to the east side near Midtown, which was walking distance to my previous employers before a card flight. And it just worked out that I was also walking distance to the card flight New York office when I joined. And so that was nice to really just be able to It was a little bit of a longer walk, but I enjoyed it. It was, you know, a good 25 minutes. And aside from the summers where you get to the office and you need a shower, it was a good commute. And I really enjoyed being in New York at that time, being able to obviously work alongside everyone. When I had joined, we were still in our smaller office space in the Chelsea Flatiron area. And so when we expanded to a much bigger place, you know, it felt very luxurious to me. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed that part. And then shortly, probably, I guess, maybe two years into my card flight journey, sorry, three years into my card flight journey, my husband, or at the time he was my fiance, he had a job out in New Haven, Connecticut. And so if you're familiar with the metropolitan area, that is, you know, at minimum an hour and a half commute from the city. And so he did that for a while, but it was not sustainable. And so we decided to try out living in Connecticut. And so we lived in Stanford. We lived in right next to the train station. So we can kind of maintain just one car between the two of us. He would to work north and I would take the public transit or train system down into Grand Central. And then I would transfer to a subway. And then I would walk about another, you know, seven minutes or so to the office. And so I kind of went from a 25 minute walking commute to about an hour and a half all in. But I I took advantage of that time. I was planning our wedding. And so that was like just guaranteed time where I was just sitting and can do stuff like that. I would also start off my day by doing some emails while I was on the train. And so that was great. And then the, the pandemic hit and we were working from home. And, uh, you know, we had actually just had Austin in our site. So I live in Austin, Texas now. We had Austin in our sites as a, you know, post-card flight location. And I never knew really when post-card flight was going to be for me, but kind of a, you know, after New York, you know, location. And so when we went location neutral, I, you know, kind of, we kind of just made a decision to, to move here earlier than we had anticipated. And it's been awesome. I have been able to adjust my hours. So I still work New York hours, which works really well for me because it requires me to start the day earlier, but also, you know, I can end earlier most days as well, which is really nice as we, you know, my husband and I never used to have a schedule that aligned after work. And so we have a fairly consistent schedule now and can, do what I call like normal things after work, like maybe go to the gym together, go for a walk or, you know, actually eat dinner at a reasonable time. So yeah, it's been a really awesome change location wise. And we're obviously taking advantage of like that, all the other things that come with just moving outside of New York and going to a different city, exploring. And we definitely get a lot more outdoor time here in Texas. 
Yeah. What's the time zone? Is it central? Central. Central. Yeah. Got it. So, so that's one hour from New York. Okay. Makes sense. What's your favorite part about living in Austin? I would say all the seasons except for summer, which is like most of the year. We just are outside a lot more from September through May than we ever really used to be. So it's been nice enjoying kind of more more outside time and vitamin D. Yeah, for sure. Do you live in, it's like a pretty big city. Do you live in what you would consider like the downtown area? Yeah, we live like smack dab in downtown. It, I equate it to there's their downtown that is similar to Midtown where like most of like the corporate buildings are. And I equate to where our neighborhood, neighborhood is similar to kind of like Upper East Side. So it's a little bit more residential, but right off of kind of where most people are working in downtown. As someone who also moved from the Northeast to the South, I'm curious to hear what the biggest like culture shock was for you moving from the Northeast to the South. I love that you asked that question because I still find it, I still like have to get used to it. Here is just more willing to like do a lot more small talk, Mm -hmm. chit chat. They're really nice. They genuinely want to know how your day is going when they ask, how are you? And when I first moved here and especially with a dog, I just, you know, I built in time just to go in, take, take our dog out and come back in. I didn't factor in those types of conversations (laughs) and I realized that like it's, it felt really rude to cut people off because they genuinely wanted to like have a conversation or get to know me. And I just found that and just, you know, complete strangers on the street. So I think I, I quickly got used to that and now actively like make time for walks that are just a lot, a lot longer than I used to back in the city. And yeah, I think it's just more people wanting to get to know each other a bit more. People just have more time to do that here. or They make the time to do that here more. And right. it's been nice. People are really nice here. Yeah, definitely. Can you walk us through what your career was like before you joined Card Flight and what position you joined as and how you have grown to be the senior director of finance now? Sure. It is quite the journey. So before before I joined Card Flight, I was in fairly typical finance roles. I started off at Barclays as a rotational analyst, which meant I got to kind of get a taste of all sorts of the capital markets kind of realm of finance. And so at an international bank. And so that was really cool. I just met a lot of great people, learned a lot. But when you're that junior, you're not like you're learning a lot about your day to day job and just kind of like learning how to work in that environment. But the actual skill sets I learned within finance happened at my role after that, where I joined what what you'd call in finance, the buy side. And so I worked on a small high-yield credit team as a credit analyst. And so I helped evaluate investment opportunities in, you know, really large kind of middle-stage companies. So not, you know, not as small as CardFlight, but, you know, really large publicly traded companies. And when they're raising debt rounds, we were participating in those. And so I would help with the financial modeling with that and help put together pitch decks to our internal kind of teams at the bank. I worked at a private bank at the time. And so what that meant is it was sort of a family portfolio, a family fund, more or less. And so you're pitching it to stakeholders within that group. And yeah, so that's kind of how I got exposed to multiple industries, because we were a fairly industry agnostic group. In finance, sometimes you can be really like industry specific, and you only invest in certain verticals. 
in that role, I just got to know all sorts of companies, which was really cool. It was also really difficult because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was learning a lot every time I was put onto a deal. And so you'd have to literally learn a a new company like every week. And by learning, you're looking at their financials, trying to understand the business and understand kind of all of the financial metrics in a very short amount of time and make like an investment decision around it. And so just through that, I'd worked with a couple of software companies, but had very little exposure to, you know, definitely zero exposure to payments and very minimal exposure to software. I had applied to a finance associate role for CardFlight because one, I wanted to leave the traditional finance field and try something new. But the skill sets I learned there helped with the role when what we needed, which was, you know, really kind of having financial modeling skill set and help, you know, the finance team at the time, which was just Jason, who's our VP of finance and ops now. And so what I joined to initially work through is assist in the financial models for card flight and how we use that for kind of management decisions and to present to our board of directors and investors. And so, you know, I went from looking at a new company that was extremely large every week to literally just learning one company and that was CardFlight. And it was really cool just to switch over into that kind of mindset and also just like be really in the weeds on on one thing. And so my role at the time was really just just like I was living in Excel. So if you ever walked by my desk back then, like it, all you saw was me in Excel. And I would say my role expanded after the first year into branches of our finance team today, what we call business operations and really assisting and using my like data analytics skill set to be able to use it for other projects. So I used to kind of help set up, you know, our sales strategies, commission plans would be tapped in to help with, you know, analyzing NPS data, things that were just extremely new for CardFlight at the time. And I know numbers really well, or can at least work with them and explain them to other team members. So that was really kind of my role for a while of just jumping in wherever and just helping put together processes around that as well. And so kind of moving, and I, I try to like, I mostly think about my roles less in like the roles and I, I connect them to like the location. And so that's when we were still at our smaller office. And then once we moved into our larger office, we were at this stage within finance where Jason and I felt really comfortable with our processes around accounting, financial planning analysis, what we call FP&A and our basic business operations. <laughs> but we knew we needed a lot more hands, a lot hands on deck for business operations. As I mentioned, a lot of the projects around sales operations, marketing, helping customer ops, products, there were just a lot of data needs there. And we did not have enough bandwidth on a, between myself and Jason. That's when we had really expanded the team and hired on two individuals on the business operations side who are still with us today and amazing at what they do, Taryn and Kayla. And we had also then, at the time, we had externally outsourced accounting and we had brought it in-house. And so we really kind of more than doubled our team. And I was my main role at that time was focusing on the financial modeling part and then training the rest of the team members on everything else. And through that training and mentorship, I eventually you know, grew into a manager role on that side and you know, really kind of just helped support those individuals in, in kind of growing and scaling those parts of the finance team. And then kind of fast forward to today, you know, we've also expanded our FP&A team. We've further expanded our business operations team. And we have much more 
you know, complicated financials to have much more like accounting related needs as well. And so that takes up a lot of my time as, as well. And so that's kind of a, you know, really quick summary of how I've grown from my original role. And it's really based off of kind of carb flight needs and things that I was able to take on and help kind of grow and expand with the help of really amazing people that we hired on the team. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you think about it in terms of location. Yeah, I don't know why the chapters at Card Flight for me just feel, especially since I moved during the pandemic, it, I feel like it correlates a lot with how I naturally have changed roles as well. It, they have nothing to do with each other. And yet, in my head, they seem somewhat correlated. And especially when we were in the smaller office, and I just joined Card Flight, you know, you know, my biggest thing was I just raised my hand for everything at that. I wanted to learn everything about Card Flight. I wanted to help everyone. And that, you know, in that smaller office environment, it's kind of hard not to do that because you're just so curious sitting around everyone and like hearing their conversations and things that everyone else is working on. And so obviously when we moved to a bigger office, or if you if you remember, our finance team was kind of you know, had expanded one, but also we were sitting in like our own space. And it was kind of cool to have like a team that was just finance and we had our own space. So we were kind of just in doing a lot of finance day to day, kind of in silo within that, you know, that part of the office. And that's kind of when we really scaled our functions within finance. And I think it's hard to explain, I think, for those who are not kind of in the day-to-day within our team, but scaling for the finance work streams kind of just includes just adding a lot more expertise in every little thing that we do. Because when we get people more involved and trained and owning different parts of what we're producing for card flight or other members of card flight, naturally, you know, you gain expertise in those things. And so we started to kind of write, instead of collaborate a lot within the team, we started becoming like SMEs and different things. And that's when, to me, like that correlated when we had our own little space within a larger office. And then when we moved remote, our team handled that really well, because I think we had gotten really used to working remotely when we were traveling, even when we had our office and before the pandemic. And then, you know, the biggest transition was during this remote posture, we also expanded our team And so that was really new for us because our existing team had physically worked together in in the office and you kind of had built that trust. So we, you know, made it a really big effort on our team to make sure that all the new hires, you know, today get, you know, that same level of interaction or support because for training purposes, you know, you have to make a much more concerted effort of of doing that because you're not just physically next to each other and overhearing conversations and things like that. Right. Absolutely. What is a piece of advice that you would give to someone on any team starting at CardFlight today? I would say you probably are joining CardFlight because you are eager to learn. And so I would just say, keep that inclination towards learning at an ultimate high and translate that into raising your hand for new projects, even if you're not entirely sure if you've done that before, you've had experience in it. Because I think just Exposing yourself to new opportunities will allow you to grow and learn new things. And at Carb Flight, there's a lot of support, you know, within every team. And I think everyone's here to help one another. And, you know, I think I would just say the biggest piece of advice is to raise your hand for, for anything you're interested in doing. 
because you'd be surprised what you can learn and grow from. Awesome. Last question from me, and then I'll turn it over to our audience, Mark and Melaine. But I want to end on a fun note. What is, we know you have a dog, Simba. What is your favorite part about working from home in terms of of being a dog mom? Oh my gosh. I'm watching him right now sleep next to me. And it is the most calming thing in the middle of a really hectic day. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think people underestimate or maybe I didn't know how much more work you do when you are at home. There's no distractions. There's no coworkers coming by, passing your desk with coffee. I don't sit in a co-working space where I'm just, you know, randomly getting up from my desk. I'm fairly, you know, it's a quiet apartment. I'm working at my desk, you know, a majority of the day only to get up for, you know, water or the bathroom. And it's just nice to be able to stop in the middle of my day and have Simba's like energy. And I probably talk to my dog way too much that I'd like to admit, but yeah, that's my favorite part. Honestly, it's, it's the, it's just being able to have a calming presence like him around and he's always down to play if I really need to, if I really need a break in the middle of the work day. Awesome. Well then Mark and Melaine, if you, either of you have any questions, I'll turn it over to you. Um, Neha, is there like a, a tool, a resource, or just one thing that you can think of as your team was kind of growing and scaling that made an impact, the most impact for you? Yeah, I would say I quickly realized workshops or online trainings for management were not going to work for me. They felt really stale or not applicable to the card flight. So then I turned to books. And so and and not necessarily like just boring management books. Like I definitely read the standard books just to really learn the core key concepts. But I read a lot of just like people books, like just just uh, how to connect with others, empathy books, you know, books on habits, energies. And I find that really extremely useful because the as we all are aware, we have a great team because everyone's really different. And so that creates uh, a challenge for as a manager because you're establishing different types of connections with everyone on the team, and not everyone's motivated the same way. Not everyone responds, you know, the same way. Not everyone receives feedback the same way. And so, the best tool and resource has just been, you know, leisurely reading books that are really just revolving around people connections. Because I found that extremely useful to bring into my day to day. Oh, you talk a little bit about the fact that you raise your hand for pretty much everything when you started at Card Flight. Do you still think that the ability to, you have the ability to kind of get that same connection now, one, now that we're, and also that we've, the company's bigger, just being able to touch and be involved in anything, no matter what your role is at Card Flight? That's a really good question. What I tend to advise, especially team members on our team today, I think being really like vigilant or active or not even active, vigilant on on Slack channels, because I think the Slack channels to me is chatter in the office. And so like, even if you're just watching the sales Slack channel or product or another channel, that's not your team. And even if you don't have a role to respond in there, just reading those allows you to learn just things going on on other teams and that could light a, you know, light an idea in your head 
or might give you the confidence to ask somebody in that group of, hey, you said you're going to have a meeting on this. Like, do you mind if I just, you know, join and be a fly on the wall? And I would say, so like my advice is it's it's different when you're not in person, but I think we still have pretty good commu- communication streams and Slack channels. And then separately, you know, something that all of us managers, I think, encourage each other is doing that across other teams. And so if I were to hear another manager talk about a certain project and I feel like I have a skill set on our team that could help, like it's on me to speak up and then maybe propose that to our team if anyone wants to, you know, wants to be that person. And so I think it, it's kind of two sides. Like as an employee, you want to be, you know, vigilant on conversations in Slack and then also tap into your manager. They they are also, you know, looking at things like that as well. And so it's on you to maybe just, you know, ask and you shall receive, I think. Neha, what's the weirdest thing you learned working at CarFlight that you wouldn't have learned if you worked somewhere else? Weirdest? Wow, that's a really good question. I feel like, I, I guess it's not specific to CarFlight or like, our business, but I, this is my first time working with such a diverse set of people. And it's like diverse, not in just like background, but like interests. And I learned so many new things based on what, what our coworkers share on our Slack channels and what we have a random, we have a random Slack channel and people will share like their hobbies or things that they did. And I just think all those things are so like, so cool. And like, just there, I wouldn't call it weird, but to me, I would never like, I, I don't have the capabilities of doing some of the things that some of our coworkers do uh, outside of work. And so I just think it's extremely cool to like learn hobbies that other folks are doing here and like unique skill sets that people have that are completely unrelated to their jobs at CarPlight. Do you have an example of one of those? Well, the other day, the, the really cool like shots of the nighttime sky up in South Dakota. I think one of one of our DevOps team members shared a shared a picture there and he had shared pictures before of kind of like really cool shots of like nighttime shots of like the moon, the stars, northern lights. And I I have definitely tried taking a shot like that on my iPhone and definitely does not turn out like that. And so I know <laughs> how much work goes into kind of developing that skill set. And it's just so cool to see like pictures like that, not in a magazine, but just like something that like a coworker took and just shared with us. And then some of our coworkers, like I know in the fall, we have some people kind of go and like have like really cool projects that they do outside, whether it's woodworking or like there was one activity, someone was collecting like syrup from like these fresh like trees in their yard. I just thought that was so cool. And also maybe just because I never everyone I used to work with, like their personality was like their job. And it's kind of, it's just so refreshing to just work for for this many years around people who have lives outside of work. That's such a great way to put it. I feel the same way. All right. Is that, we're a little bit over time or one minute over. So thank you so much, Neha. This was so great. Neha, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so great. And again, congratulations on celebrating five years with CardFlight. Thank you for having me.